We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome. It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, it's really great to be back as always, Kyle. I uh, I got my fill of the combine. I made my way through. I had to do some binge watching sessions over the weekend, but that was really exciting. And I am pumped to talk some uh, impending free agency and draft in the coming weeks, and and really focus in on some of those prospects this week. Yeah, absolutely. We've definitely hit our favorite time of the. And tonight we are going all in on off-ball linebacker prospects in this upcoming 2020 NFL Draft. And to help us with this conversation, we are super excited uh, to be joined by a special guest tonight. We're uh, we're joined by Dan Dalkey. Uh, Dan is a contributor for Cheesehead TV and has previously done some work on LombardiAv.com. Uh, but what you should probably care most about is that Dan is a contributor to the Cheesehead TV Draft Guide which is an absolutely awesome resource and a great way to get ready for the draft. Dan was responsible for the Cheesehead TV Draft Guide's work on inside linebackers last year, and he did a great job, and he's currently working on the same project 
for 2020. So uh, we thought, who better to have come on Pack-A-Day podcast to help us get into these prospects uh, than someone who spent hours upon hours looking at these linebackers. So, uh, Dan, officially uh, welcome to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and taking time to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like you said, I just did hours upon hours of watching film on these guys, so I'm actually excited to talk about it instead of just typing about it. So this will be great. Sounds good, man. Um, let's just you know reflect a little bit. Last year, um, the linebacker position was really, really interesting. There were a lot of really, um, really interesting prospects. The Devons were in that class, and Packers fans were really interested in Devin Bush to an extent uh, because of the athleticism that he would bring. Uh, but last year, adding a linebacker was kind of a luxury. This year, unless Green Bay does something relatively unexpected and brings back a guy like Blake Martinez or picks up another linebacker in free agency, drafting a linebacker is maybe not a luxury anymore. It could be more of a necessity. And so uh, we're curious here to talk about how you feel about this linebacker class in general and how confident you are about Green Bay's ability to really find the future at this linebacker position in this draft class. Well, it's almost like they don't have a choice. I mean, if you look at where their roster stands right now, the covers are pretty bare. And they're going to have to, in my opinion, bring in at least two linebackers this offseason, whether that's free agency and the draft or, or pick two guys in the draft. The problem with this draft class is it really does lack depth. Um, there are some, a couple of really outstanding players at the top end, which we'll talk about. But actually beyond that, it's going to be a lot of project type players or just like solid players. But I don't know if you're going to find a lot of guys that are much better than Blake Martinez in this draft class, unfortunately, unless you spend uh, early round pick on one. So they might have to mix and match with uh, different playing styles and pick two different guys. Um, but I've not seen a lot of complete linebackers in this draft class. So if Isaiah Simmons is considered a linebacker, then mm -hmm. of course he has a first-round grade. But, I mean, are there other guys that you think have first-round potential in this class? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, Simmons is a top-ten pick. I don't even think we can even dream about getting him. Um, we'd have to sell the farm to, to move up high enough to get this guy. But uh, I have two other guys with, with late first-round grades, and that's Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. I think that's also the consensus with the draft community is these guys are pretty special players. And these guys would be players that you, the Packers might have a chance at pick 30, uh, that maybe one of them is going to be there. I think two, uh, I think Simmons and one of these guys will be gone by 30. But I think there's a good shot that either Queen or Murray will be there when we're on the board, uh, when we're ready to pick. Um they are complete guys. They will make a difference. I think they're guys that can step in and be a huge upgrade and bring a lot of speed and athleticism to the position. I think uh, beyond that, though, it's going to be tough. So Bond might be a guy that sneaks into the end of the first round, and he's a guy I like a lot, but I'm not quite sure he's a first-round talent quite yet. Yeah, so if we're going to assume that, like I say, Simmons is, is definitely gone in this scenario— um, Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen are both, they're kind of, like you said, projected to be guys that might be available and they're projected to go between 20 and 40. So right there around where Green Bay picks in the first round, let's just say in this scenario for a second, both of those guys are on the board at pick 30. Which one of these guys do you think that, you know, maybe you would prefer or maybe what the Packers would prefer and, and why do you feel that way if you're, you know, forced to choose between the two? Yeah, this was a tough call. If they're both there, that's going to be... Basically, what, what flavor do you prefer? I think they're both 
in my ranking system, they're both the same tier. I had to watch so many extra games just to decide between these two uh, in my ranking for the draft guide. I basically have Murray just a slight edge ahead of Queen because I think Murray plays with more violence. His game is a lot more consistent. And if you were looking for a playmaker, a consistent playmaker, I would take Murray. He just wreaks havoc in the front seven. I think he's a better cover guy than most people give him credit for. And he just has, he, he brings an attitude and a leadership to the field. Queen is still pretty young. I think he's only 20 years old. And he really only started one full season. You like his speed. You like his ability and coverage. He is a better cover player than Murray. Uh, he does play with some violence, but he's also inconsistent. And his potential is just as high as Murray or maybe higher. But there's a lot of more question marks with Queen's game. I think Murray's a guy who can step in right away and make an impact on day one. I think Queen's got some development to do. He's also smaller, so you worry about him holding up in the trash in the, in the middle of the box. Um, but he's a, I mean, Queen's going to be a great player too. But if I had to pick, I just like the more developed game of Murray and just the attitude he brings to a defense. So we got Murray and we got Queen, and those are guys that a lot of, of Packers Twitter is falling in love with currently. And you had mentioned that your fourth off-ball linebacker prospect was Zach Bond. And for me, he's really interesting because he played a lot at edge at Wisconsin, but mostly has self-identified himself as an off-ball linebacker. And then living in Wisconsin and being a Badger fan myself personally, it's funny to see this Twitter war amongst Packer fans, (laughs) some who want Bond and are valuing him way higher than they should because they're Wisconsin fans, and some people who absolutely hate him and refuse to see the positives because they are anti-Badger fans. And, uh... So what what do you see from Bond and and honestly could he be a realistic option for Green Bay at thirty? Yeah, I think Bond is definitely an option at thirty. I mean that might be a tad rich. I, I could see a scenario where Murray and Queen are off the board, and they decide to trade trade down into the top of the second round and then to pick a player like Bond. I have a second round grade on Bond. I think he's a a very solid prospect. He's my fourth, like you said, fourth ranked linebacker. I love the kid. I mean, he's so fun to watch. And I think he, even though he was an edge player at Wisconsin, there's a lot of examples on, on tape. And if you watch the senior bowl where he's dropping in space, and he can play in, in like a short area zone coverage. He does find picking up backs out of the backfield. But I mean, he's a good space player. I think he's a very underrated space player. I think he'd be just fine as an awful ball linebacker. One thing I like about him over some of the other guys in this class, even like Queen, is Bond's got the size and strength and a leverage ability to play leverage and use his ability as a pass rusher to take on blocks and stick blocks and hang in there. I think he's going to be a really good interior run defender, something that we were completely missing on this defense for several years. So he's got decent speed. He's got decent agility tests, but I like his size and strength and, and ability to take on blocks and plug holes. And a, and for guys like Kyle and myself, it's fun to root for a guy with a receding hairline. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> I'm with you guys on that. Falling men unite. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, so obviously, I mean, so Bond is a guy that I've I've seen a lot of things written about and uh, just some, you know, Twitter tape and stuff like as it pops up on the newsfeed. But I'm excited to get into him a little bit more. Uh, I've been hesitant because he's, 
kind of that conversion player, and that always scares me. But I'm reading so much from people that I respect, uh, yourself included, uh, that tells me that there really is something to him playing off-ball backer. So I'm really excited to get into him a little bit more. Um, we always talk about the guys at the top for obviously re- obvious reasons. It's really excited to um, – it's really exciting, rather, to get excited about guys like Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, the guys who could be on the Packers and the impact they can make. Um, but if you were going to pick one guy from like a day two kind of prospect um, that could be a quality starter for this team for a long time, um, who would be your guy if you're kind of thinking that way? Yeah, I think you're going to get into some trouble in this class when you get outside the top four. Um, I think well, the rest of the guys have a lot of huge question marks. Um, I really, you know, there's things I like about Jordan Brooks, but I thought his football instincts were pretty marginal and I think he has a lot of growing to do, but he's got good speed and size, but I'd be very cautious about taking him on on day two. And then Willie Gay, everyone's talking about, he had just a monster combine and he's just a freak athlete, but he hasn't really played a full season of linebacker in, in college at all. And he's had a lot of off field issues, suspensions. And he's just so raw at the position. So guys like Brooks or Gay or some of these other prospects that are being thrown out there as day two guys are going to ha- need a lot of time to grow, maybe even a few years to develop. Uh, one guy that I like a lot that I'm kind of pounding the table for, and I don't know who else is talking about this guy, but uh, Logan Wilson out of Wyoming is a day two guy I like a lot. He's very solid in his athletic testing, extremely solid tape. He's got the speed and, and the movement skills to play the position off ball, but he also has high football IQ, and he's just a really tough kid. And you watch his tape, and he has just some of the best instincts I've seen in this class. And he just seems to stay ahead of the play progressions, and he actually plays a lot faster than he even tested. And his testing numbers aren't bad at all. I think he ran below 4-6 range. So I think Logan Wilson's a guy who's solid in many aspects of the game, and he's a, a low risk. And he might not have the ceiling of like a Willie Gay, but I think you know what you're getting in Wilson, and I actually think he is an improvement over Martinez, and he is a better cover player than Martinez and just better all-around football instincts. I mean, he, he's a fun kid to watch, just such a solid player. Wow, some really high praise for Logan Wilson. That'll be fun to get into his tape a little bit, learn more about him. Uh, you mentioned the athletic testing, and so uh, to me what's so interesting about the linebacker position, especially when we talk about the Packers, is their athletic thresholds, and they have them at just about every position, but off-ball linebacker is one of the hardest positions to kind of peg for the Packers and what direction that they lean there. So uh, last offseason, I want to give credit to Tyler Grezegorek from our team. Uh, he did some work to try to figure out and get a better grasp on what the Packers actually value when it comes to linebacker, and he found that the Packers traditionally have valued linebackers who weigh more than 238 pounds and run the short shuttle in less than 4.26 seconds. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting to me to see how Green Bay handles this class of linebackers because guys like Patrick Queen are lighter than Green Bay typically has gone. And guys like Zach Vaughn and Malik Harrison ran slower uh, shuttles than they seem to prefer in their history. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see if Green Bay breaks some of those tendencies in one way or another and brings in a new kind of linebacker than we've seen in Green Bay. If Green Bay does break that mold, obviously Patrick Queen is the first smaller linebacker that comes to mind. Are there some other tweener kind of linebacker safety types um, on the lighter side that have caught your eye that you think may be a fit maybe later in the draft? Yeah, I would say if kind of what we've been talking about is if you miss out on those first few guys and you're looking at, you know, rounds three, four, 
maybe even five to to fill this position. You're gonna probably have to do it by committee because there aren't any other really complete players at this position. And so there are a lot of tweener guys um, in this class. And let's say they go get a Joe Schobert or a Nick Kwiatkowski in the free agency, and then they want to bring some speed to the position to kind of pair with that. You have a guy like Davey and Taylor from Colorado who lit up the combine, tested great, but he plays in the low 220s, not a very big guy. He looks like a safety on film, so really great in space, great in coverage, but not, not great playing through the trash, not great taking on blocks. And he's also a kid that did not play football until he got to college because it just he had the different religious reasons where he couldn't play in high school. And so he was a track kid trying to learn football. And you can still see that, like his technique isn't great. So you're talking a lot of project-type players. And then there's also Akeem Davis-Gaither from Appalachian State is a fun player. My issue with him is he played around 220 pounds, and he's not a very good cover player. He's a downhill let me blitz. He's probably better as like a weak side 4-3 guy where he can run and chase. Um, maybe Khalil Hudson out of Michigan is another like safety linebacker type player. But he's, again, a downhill player that's not going to hold up very well in coverage. So there's not a lot of great – this is a problem with this class. Yeah. There's not a lot of great coverage small guys. The small guys tend to be these utility type blitzers that come off the edge and do different things. But I just feel like in the NFL they're going to be so limited. Um, to get creative, you might have to look at the safety class. And I, I haven't done a ton of study in the safety class, but it did mark a few guys. Like a Tanner Muse out of Clemson might be a day three guy that has the size of a linebacker. He ran a 4-4-1, which if he would have ran that as a linebacker, everyone would be talking about him right now. <laughs> he jumped out of the building, but he's listed as a safety. But he's a physical dude, and he could maybe be that hybrid linebacker type. And the NFL, I think he plays at like 225. So he's even bigger than some of these other guys. Or like a Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois is another safety who plays in the 220s and just lit up the combine. So if you want speed and if you want physicality, you might have to actually look at some of these bigger safeties and, and have them play that kind of hybrid role. So it's my favorite time, and that is talking about the sleepers. Yeah. <laughs> who who are the who are the guys that nobody is talking about that'll probably go on like day three that you really like? Well, this is a tough one because there's a couple of guys, but I, I I have a hard time just picking one. But like I really want to make a case for Troy Dye out of Oregon, and I know a lot of people have heard of him. They heard about him during the college season. He made a lot of top five lists in the college season, but now it seems like everything's gone quiet on on the Troy dive front here. And he did suffer a torn meniscus near the end of last season and played with it. And then he's having surgery. So he didn't partic- participate at all in the combine. And I think that's made people forget about him. I think he's actually a pretty good athlete. And based on the film, he's got great length and speed. He reminds me a lot of Fred Warner who came out of BYU a few years ago and is now on the, on the Niners. Uh, he has that length and that quickness. I just like Troy die a lot. And I think he's going to be kind of like, this year's day two guy that falls into day three because of the injury. So because we didn't see what 40 time he had, but on film, he has the athleticism and he has the, the good lateral movement and he's got great coverage skills. So I'd say he's almost one of those linebackers that you could toy with and he could become a three down guy. We just have to, you know, take him a round or two later because of the injury. So he'd be a guy in round four that I'd look for. I also like Jacob Phillips out of LSU who no one's talking about because of Patrick Queen's hype. But Jacob Phillips, man, he comes downhill with violence. He 
he is so good against the running game. He wreaks havoc at the line of scrimmage. And he might not be the cover player that his teammate is, but he'd be a fun player to have on your team. And you could get him in round four or five. And then just kind of like a real far shot guy that I just learned about is Michael Walker out of Fresno State. Tested really well. And he's kind of an interesting athlete. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't know a lot about him until a few weeks ago. But then I going through his tape, he's got some interesting traits. He's very raw, but maybe you can get him in the later round. He tested uh, in the top for the, for the short shuttle and 40 time at his position. And he's got some good size. Like He's in the 230s. But he used to play DN, and he was a JUCO transfer. And then his senior year, he switched to linebacker. So he's really raw, but when you watch his film, he'll flash him quick twitch ability and maybe give him some time to develop on your roster he could be a pretty interesting guy so we've talked about a lot of draft prospects and my big question is the Packers are being connected with some different free agents of course they're also it wouldn't surprise anybody if if they drafted a linebacker or two but is there anybody that's currently on the roster that you think could uh, potentially be a contributor on the defense this upcoming year maybe even potentially one of the two starters I mean, I think I don't think there's a lot other than Oren Burks, and I think this is the year for him to prove something. Otherwise, I think he's going to be gone. I mean, if you look, I was looking back through his like uh, combine numbers the other day just to compare to this class, and he would be right up there at the top of this class if he was a, a fresh prospect. But he hasn't really shown a lot. I mean, that's just that's just one example where just because you have great speed and athleticism doesn't mean it always comes to fruition on the field. So I think it is the mental aspect of the game that he needs to show some development in, and I know he's dealt with some minor injuries and things, but it is time for Oren Burks to prove that he is worthy of a third-round pick a couple of years ago, and that's about the only guy I can, like, I can think of right now. I know we people have talked about like Raven Green as the, in that hybrid role, but I would like to see more guys step up here, and that's why I think bringing in two outside linebackers is, is a necessity, even if Burks ends up playing a key role on his team. You don't think that Curtis Bolton is a Pro Bowl player next year? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we'll have Kenneth Murray and Curtis Bolton, the reunion yeah, of the Oklahoma backers. <laughs> yeah, That'll be true. fun. <laughs> Curtis Bolton, friend of the podcast. That's oh, right. Really? That's right. Nice. You got to plug him in then. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Dan, thanks so much. Uh, we just want to, you know, thank you for coming on the show. I want to give Dan a little bit of credit. Uh, for something that he kind of called last spring. I know the 2019 draft seems like forever ago, but uh, Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame was someone that Dan was really high on and someone he thought that could have a really nice uh, season and be a nice player for whoever drafted him. And Drew went in the fourth round of the Chargers and was one of the highest-graded rookie linebackers in the league this year, according to PFF. And so uh, when Dan makes predictions about late-round linebackers that he likes, I listen, and I think you guys should too as listeners. Uh, So make sure you pick up the 2020 Cheesehead TV Draft Guide so that you can read all of Dan's thoughts on linebackers. And Dan actually does the work on the running back position as well for Cheesehead TV Draft Guide. So uh, make sure you get that. Make sure you check it out as we get closer to the draft. But uh, we do want to say a big thank you uh, to Dan for taking time to join us today and talk linebackers. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, Dan, where they can find you on Twitter and where they might find some of your other work as well. Yeah, my Twitter is, it's not very active, I'm going to be honest, but you can find it at uh, DanDalke86, uh, Dalkey's D-A-H-L-K-E. And I, I'll, po- I'll post some stuff soon there about the draft, and um, when the draft happens, I'm, I'll be writing some pieces. 
for Cheesehead uh, TV.com and posting some some clips of players that they select, and I'll be doing some post-draft pieces. Other than that, just the draft guide's the best place to find our position rankings. And like you said, I'll also be doing the running backs for that as well. All right, well, make sure you give Dan a follow on Twitter and get that draft guide. Uh, again, thanks so much for taking time uh, to talk with us and come on the Pack-A-Day podcast. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, and that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. And you're all listening to the podcast on some sort of podcast service. So if you like what we're doing, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Um, and if you can leave a, a comment, that would be a great help as well. Packaday Podcast can be found on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And um, tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jason and Paul. Uh, you can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We're going to be back next week with more NFL draft and offseason coverage. Make sure you tune in next Friday for that. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.